Lord, thank you for Christmas. Thank you again for our time here this evening, Lord, and as we uh, open the scriptures and, and just hear from you uh, about the meaning of Christmas, Lord, we ask you to continue to bless our time together in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. How many of you have uh, traditionally gone to Christmas Eve services? Kind of kind of part of part of your family routine, right? I, I grew up going to Christmas Eve services. In fact, uh, as long as I could remember, I grew up in the Roman Catholic tradition, so uh, as long as I could remember, it was Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, right? And, you know, you're whatever, watching football and stuff and trying to take a nap, and about 10 or 11 o'clock, you're getting dressed, right? And then you would go to Midnight Mass, and uh, amazing, the churches are filled at midnight, right? And then what we would do is we'd go home and you know, I always have that debate, are you going to open gifts now? Are you going to open open in the morning? And we always somehow uh, finagled our ways to, you know, it goes just one, and then, then just one more, and pretty soon it was 4 a.m., and, uh, and then we got tired playing with our toys. Uh, and in that, and because we did that and we carved out that time as a family, Christmas has always sort of been significant to me. It, it, it's mattered. In fact, Getting dressed, getting dressed up, heading out at 11.30 to get to church on time, being there, the whole ambiance of the Christmas Eve Mass really impacted me in, in a way that, you know, this is a significant event. There's something about this. Why else are all these people here, right? It, 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 it created in me this, no, this, this, this means something. This means something. And then for all of you to be here... 7 o'clock, right, after probably a busy day and, and all the preparations for tomorrow, there's something about Christmas, I believe, that, that still resonates deeply with us, right? So I grew up going, and, and I kind of knew it was special, and, and, and as I've grown through the years, come to know the Lord, and, and kind of grown in, in my understanding of Christmas, you know, quite honestly, I realized I really didn't know much about Christmas, other than, you know, there's was, there was a birth, birth of Jesus, right? But then when I started reading the Bible, I, I, was, I realized, you know, I think some of the things that I, I picked up along the way when I was little, they, they may not even be in the Bible. And yet I sort of just picked them up. And so if you indulge me for just a little bit, I thought kind of just to help us relax, we're going to have a little Bible quiz. A Christmas Bible quiz, right? You're like, Really? I'm on break. School's over. I just had finals. I'm tough, right? Tough. It's Christmas Eve. We're going to have a quiz, right? So, so, so here's a question. We're just going to put it up. First question. Joseph was from, just, just think about it. Just think about that, right? Just where was Joseph from, right? Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Nazareth, Egypt. All right, lock it in. Four, three, two, one. Correct answer is Bethlehem. How many got it right? Okay. Some of you probably said Nazareth, but, you know, you know, hope no one said Egypt, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Question two. How did Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem? How did they get to Bethlehem? Remember, this is the Christmas Bible quiz. Hint, hint, wink, wink. How did Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem? They walked. Mary rode a donkey while Joseph walked. They rode with a caravan of traders. The Bible doesn't say. 
how did Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem? Right, three, two, one. Lock in your answers. Correct answer is what? The Bible doesn't say. Okay, how many of you have Christmas cards at home? Right now. Mary's on a donkey. And Joe's just like... Yeah, Christmas cards. Not biblical. I mean, just doesn't say. Don't go and burn them, but it's just not... The Bible doesn't say. We assume. We assume, right? Doesn't say. All right, next one. How many angels spoke to the shepherds? Eileen, don't go until I tell you. One, three, a multitude, none. Mm. Everyone's like Christmas Carol. What's that song? What's that song? How many angels spoke to the shepherds? One, three, a multitude, none of the above. Lock in your answers. Correct answer is uno. How many got that right? Not as many as before. Okay. Right. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. An angel of the Lord, right? All right, next one. How many magi visited Jesus? Three, a large group, the Bible doesn't say. How many magi visited Jesus according to the Christmas Bible quiz? All right, three, two, one, lock in your answers. Correct answer is the Bible doesn't say. How many of you have Christmas cards? There's only three. Right? How many gifts were given to Jesus? Three. And somehow or another we assume that there was only three. But actually, historically, they traveled in caravans. There's like 10 or 12 maybe with all their entourage. There could have been a whole bunch. But they only Jesus got three gifts. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say how many actually we're there. And last one. Where did the Magi find Jesus? Where did the Magi find Jesus? In a manger, in a house, in a stable. The Bible doesn't say. And some of you are thinking like, wait, I just drove by the Y. I just drove by the Y. Where did the Magi find Jesus in a manger, in a house, in a stable? The Bible doesn't say. Lock in your answers. Correct answer is in a house. How many got that right? It was in a house. Right? Who found Jesus in the manger? The shepherds. Right? The angel said to the shepherds, you will find the baby in a manger. Matthew 2.11, they actually says they found Jesus in a house. And here's the crazy thing. When it says they saw the child, that word child doesn't mean newborn. It actually means like toddler. So some people believe that Jesus was a toddler, maybe up to two years old, when he actually was visited by the Magi. But I have Christmas cards at home. I have a nativity set in my living room, like ceramic. And there's Jesus and the three kings. Like there's one in the commons. Right? And, and I'm, I was like, as I'm growing, and I'm like, wait, what? Where did I pick this up? I'm like, 
Now I'm messing with my mind because, you know, I went to UCLA, went to law school. I hate being wrong. <laughs> I have this deep aversion. And like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You tell me Hallmark? Hallmark! Right? And, and, and it's this thing I was growing through. I'm like, what is Christmas all about? And if, if, if I kind of was, uh, the traditions aren't really in the Bible, what's it really all about? You know, and, and I've had to grow into this over several years. And, and the familiar passage, Luke 2, 8 through 11, says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Right? So when we strip away all the traditions and we kind of get down to it, verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior, a Savior, Right? Matthew 121. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. What is Jesus? Jesus means God is salvation, or the Lord saves. It's a Greek name for Joshua. Right? That's what Jesus means, right? And then Messiah or Christ, right? So it's actually, you know, Jesus Christ. And then you even learn like, wait, Christ isn't his last name? Some people think Jesus, you know, Andrew Smith, Jesus Christ. No, it's not, right? It's actually Jesus the Christ. Christ is a title. It's Messiah, anointed one, right? Matthew sixteen fifteen, Jesus asks his boys, he says, hey, Who do you say that I am? He's talking to Peter. And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So today, right, in the town of David, a Savior, Joshua, the Lord saves, the Christ, right? And it says, Lord, Lord, supreme power with authority. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Matthew 1.23 The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now it's interesting, when it says they will call him, in the Hebrew culture, when you called someone something, it was actually speaking to their character and their nature, who they really were. It wasn't like they will call him like that's his proper name. That's not what he's saying. His proper name was Jesus. When it says they will call him Emmanuel, it means in nature and character, he's God. Right? In Isaiah 9, 6, we just said it's on the front of your bulletins. When it says they will, and it says he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, it means that's who he is. That's his nature. That's his character. That's why we call him that, right? And so Luke 2 says, okay, the shepherd makes his huge proclamation today in the city of David, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, right? So I'm working through Christmas, and I'm like, this guy, this big public proclamation, right? Savior, Christ, Lord. Okay, okay. And I'm thinking, what does that have to do with me? 
what does Christmas really have to do with me? You know, I'd go to midnight mass and we go to Christmas Eve services and, and you celebrate this sort of grand proclamation and the angels singing and we sing all these Christmas songs about the birth of Savior, Messiah, Lord. What's that to do with me? And, you know, I was like, is, are we here tonight just to celebrate a public proclamation of a birth? Or is it really something personal tonight? Is it really something personal? And, and I was reading that same passage, Luke 2, 8 through 11, in the New American Standard Bible, and it says this. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, <coughs> and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now the word, when it says for you, it's still the plural form. But when I read that, right, good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Okay, there's that big public proclamation. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you. And it just kind of hit me as I was reading through this and just kind of reflecting. For me? For me? See, suddenly Christmas became personal. And that's where I think sometimes in the hustle and bustle of, of life and presents and decorating and Christmas parties and vacations and running around relatives' houses, it's kind of easy to stay at the public proclamation level Ah, it's about the birth of Jesus. It takes a little bit more discipline and effort to kind of peel away and calm down and say, wait, for me? For me? And if we do that, man, it changes everything. Because then you start to light up. And you're like, wait, that's for me. That's for me. And And I remember... Growing up, and, and there's, there's, there was one Christmas that really helped me understand this, going from public to personal. And I was in elementary school, and if you've been at the church before, I've told you uh, about my relationship with my dad. Uh, my dad was a very hard worker. My dad uh, loved all of us dearly, but my dad wasn't really very verbal at all and didn't really show a lot of affection outwardly. But we knew he loved us. He got up early every day worked hard, just wasn't very lovey-dovey, if you want to call it that. Wasn't the hugger type of dad, wasn't the I love you, son, you know, I've shared before, I never really heard I love you from my dad. I knew he loved me, but he never verbalized it. I knew. And he just kind of around, took care of us, loved us dearly, but not very verbal, not very physically affectionate, right? So we go to midnight mass. We come home, and we, we're, it's one of the years where we get them to open presents. So opening presents, and in my, in my house growing up, we have the front door, and then there's the formal living room, right? And then there's the den, or the family room. How many of you have the formal living room in your house where no one's allowed to sit and touch anything? It's just for visitors only, right? Right? So you walk past that, the visitors only, family can't even touch it, and then you go to the family room. That's where our Christmas tree was, and that's where we were opening everything. And so this one year, we're in there, we're opening up, and, and the doorbell rings. 
like at 1.30 a.m. And my mom says, hey, you should go check who's at the door. And, okay. So I go to the front, and no one's there, and I look. And then we have a fireplace in our formal living room. And there's a present in the fireplace. And I walk over, and I go to the, I go to the fireplace, and I look, and I, it's to me from Santa. Now, the joke in our house was that Santa's handwriting was just like my mom's. It was amazing. Amazing. Santa wrote just like my mom. To Richie from Santa. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But you know what made it really cool? My dad was the one that snuck it in there and went out to the door and rang the doorbell. My dad. My strong dad, my dad who never, da, 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 da. He's, uh, it's still hard for me to picture what my dad was doing. And he rang the doorbell. And this present, that story has just, just spoke to my heart about the personal nature of Christmas. Because what it did, it gave me a window into my dad. Right? Sort of my dad who took care of us at the big level and, 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 and made sure we were cared for and protected us. He was always there, but he was always at the big level. And suddenly, on this Christmas, he does something real personal for me. He goes the extra mile just for me so I can get this gift. I can get this gift. And I still remember the gift, right? It was one of them wind-up tanks. You wind it up and it moves and sparks come out of the, the cannon. Right? I still remember all the details of it because my dad did something personal. Everyone was opening gifts, but I got the doorbell ring that Christmas. I got the doorbell ring. Right? And I think about that in light of Christmas because we have this big proclamation about the birth of Jesus for the whole world. And I think sometimes we miss that there's a doorbell ring for you. And that there's a gift with your name on it. It's not from Santa. It's from, it's from God. It's from God. And he didn't ring the doorbell. He sent his son. He sent his son. God so loved the world that he gave, right? It changes John 3.16 from just a sign that you see at a football stadium behind goalposts to something personal. For God so loved me that he gave. He gave. God demonstrates his love that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. I, I used to think about that real big theological terms. God demonstrates his love that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you, right? I think about that now in terms of what my dad did for me on that Christmas. Because I was, I was far from the perfect child. You know, I was probably the one that was most out there in our family. You know? The one that caused the most headaches at times. And yet on that Christmas, despite all my shortcomings, and despite all the gray hairs that I gave him and my mom growing up, he rang a doorbell. He rang a doorbell for me. And that's just, that's just what I want to share with you tonight. 
Don't let Christmas just be some really big public proclamation about the whole world. Here's a gift. It's got your name on it. And you might feel like you're the black sheep and you're the out there and you're not the perfect anything. And Are you kidding me? That's what makes it even better. That's what makes it even better. It's called grace. It's unmerited favor. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's crazy grace. It's God's grace to a bunch of us that just don't deserve it at all. Just don't deserve it at all. And I, thought I, I, I had an experience just today of the power of the gospel when someone receives God's gift. I talked to someone this morning. They called and, and they were going through something pretty big. And they were frustrated, crying, upset. I don't know what to do. I'm trying. I've been trying. Everything I do seems to not work. All these people are upset. I feel like I'm the, I'm the cause. Just at Wits End this morning. And uh, they share, they share, they share. And, and ultimately, they let me speak truth to them. And I said, can I, can I, can I speak? Can I share? But yeah. So here's the issue. Here's the challenge that I hear. It's all about you and your trying and all your best intentions. When are you just going to stop trying and surrender? When are you just going to give up and wave a white flag and receive God's grace? When? This is an intelligent person, college graduate, professional, very well-spoken, very articulate, sharp as a tack, brought to the end of themselves this morning. And I said, when when are you going to surrender? When are you just going to humble yourself and receive God's grace? I said, okay. And so uh, I said, well, let me know how it goes. They were going to have some conversation with some people. And I said, well, just let me know how it's going to go. Hadn't heard all day. Just before service tonight, I got a text. They went to a church service. And God did what only God could do. And spoke to their heart. And brought healing and freedom. And this is what they actually quoted quoted me on the text I received only a couple hours ago. Thank you for pointing me to the manger. Thank you for pointing me to the manger. 2018, professional, the end of the rope, don't know what they're going to do, totally frustrated, totally angry, totally confused, discouraged. They go to church and they have a moment of coming to the manger and receiving the gift that had their name on it tonight. And that text was so encouraging because I realized, you know, God can still do miracles. 
The miracle wasn't just in sending Jesus. The miracle is what He does in my life and your life every day. If we just receive. Humbly receive. This person knew and in their head. They could tell me all the right things. The real issue was their heart and yielding and surrendering and admitting I need help. I need Jesus. And so they went to the manger and God brought healing and freedom to them. And such a beautiful story and, and, and that's, that's really my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. Whatever you're going through, maybe you're at your wit's end. Maybe you're smart, intelligent, got it all together and you're going through some stuff and you're just frustrated, discouraged. Doesn't always, doesn't seem to be working out the way you planned or you want or you hoped. Maybe tonight you're here because God's got a gift with your name on it. And he said, just take it. Just come. Take the gift. It might be the gift of salvation. It might be just be the gift of his grace. Just come and take it. Come and take it. That's what Christmas is about. God's gift of his son. We're going to sing a song called All Glory Be to Christ. As we sing this song, traditionally what they're going to do, the ushers are going to come and they're going to light your candles. They're going to light on the edges and then you each will light each other's. Just be careful with the tipping of it. You don't want to get wax on yourselves. And then uh, we're going to sing Silent Night at the end. We'll stand when all the candles are lit for Silent Night. But encourage you, we'll pray. We'll sing this song just as a time of reflection and then we'll, uh, we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your gift. And Lord, I still remember that one Christmas when the doorbell rang and there was a gift with my name on it in the fireplace and how how powerful that moment was for me to have a tangible just a tangible manifestation of my my father's love for me that he would do that and that's really what Christmas is it's a tangible manifestation it's the gift of Jesus Savior Messiah Lord for all of us who really do need Father, my prayer is for those here tonight who have never received that gift. It's just a gift. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You don't pay it back. You just receive it. My prayer is that they would receive maybe the gift of salvation. Put your faith in Jesus. Receive the gift of salvation. Maybe maybe you're a believer. Maybe you're going through some things and, and you just need to receive the gift of His grace supernatural empowering for whatever you're going through. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. Maybe tonight you need to be reminded that you're to receive his grace. It's unmerited. It's unmerited. You can't earn it. You can't prove that you deserve it. You just receive it because you need it. Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your gifts, your incredible gifts. And, and we sing this song just in a time of reflection. And then, and then Lord, we sing. And we'll
we'll stand for Silent Night as we really just enjoy, enjoy Christmas together and the incredible gift of your Son, Jesus.